It's starting to get chilly outside, which means the spooky season is right around the corner. If you're looking for a frightful and fun way to be festive this October, we would love for you to join us this Halloween in Denver at Jad's Mile High Smoke for our very first in-person live show. It's going to be an absolute blast. There's going to be a solo and couples costume contest, joint and blunt rolling competitions, live tastings, a full-service cannabis bar, a dope raffle prize box, vendors, and over $300 worth of stony accessories and sweet treats that'll be dished out throughout the night. You definitely don't want to miss it. And if you want to snag your tickets today, be sure to hit the link in the show notes and head on over to the eventhigh.io page. Tickets were originally on Eventbrite, but in traditional smoke-to-smoke fashion, we got banned from there. So the Eventbrite page is actually just a portal over to the eventhigh.io. Prices start at $30, but are a little bit more if you want to reserve a spot in one of the rolling competitions. We can't wait to see you there. This event is for Canon consumers 21 and up only. Hello and welcome to Smoke to Smoke the show that'll get you in the know about Smoke and Drill. I'm your host, Kadabra. With this podcast, I hope to inform you about the fast-growing world of cannabis. I'll be discussing strains, cannabis legislation, groundbreaking studies on the herb, and much more because there's a lot to cover. This podcast is for listeners 18 and up, so if you're a little kid, I might have to ask you to leave for now, but when it's your time, I'll be here and just feel free to hop on back in. Thank you so much for tuning in. Let's get started. Hello again and welcome back to episode 99 of Smoke to Smoke. For this episode of the show, I'll be welcoming Dustin Hawksworth, editor at large and founder of Fat Nugs Magazine, to chat about his journey as a cannabis journalist and to find out more about some of his work. Before we get started, though, I have a quick disclaimer. While I make immense effort to broadcast accurate information, I am not a doctor. I'm simply presenting my views as well I gather from my own research. Please do not use this podcast as medical advice, and be sure to consult your physician for any medical issues you may be having. Thank you. Now, let's light up and dig in. Hello, thank you so much for joining me on today's show. Before we get started, I must know how you're doing today and what you're smoking on. Not too bad. Uh, actually, I'm doing very well. Uh, today, I am smoking on, what is this, White Wedding, and it's uh, from a buddy of mine in Colorado. Ah, nice. Okay, so let me try to guess the genetics. We got some White Widow and Wedding Cake, maybe? I believe you could be correct. I know that Wedding Cake is in there. I'm not sure of the first one, to be completely honest with you. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Well, I haven't gotten to crack anything open yet, but I happened to stop by Grant Farms here in Colorado today, and I picked up, they had a sale for like a dollar pre-roll, so I had to hop on that. I got a strain called Crunchberry, and I'm excited to see what it's like. It's supposed to be kind of like an, um, they said more of an evenly balanced hybrid. Okay, good luck with that. I know uh, on-sale pre-rolls can sometimes be... Well, let's just call what they are. Shit. <laughs> well, it was the fact that it was only on sale if you followed them. It was usually like the full price, uh, but you had it for a dollar if you gave them a follow on Instagram. So, gotcha. A little loyalty stuff. I got gotcha. you. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I again, I also haven't tried it, so I don't want to call anybody stuff garbage. Besides, <laughs> the the quality of the stuff that I've had here in Colorado compared to just the previous medical program I was in in Arkansas, I oh. have no complaints. Yeah, I have no doubt. The medical program in Arkansas is all you had to say. Yeah. So yeah, there's a little bit on that, um, that <laughs> saying it without saying it, but I'm very glad to have you on the show today. So with your help, I want to explore what it's like working as a cannabis journalist. So first off, what's your background in journalism? So <laughs> that's a great question. Um, I actually don't have a formal background in journalism at all. Um, I have been a writer and have always, I guess, sort of been good with words at times. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of my writing or a lot of my, I guess, creativeness is really based in writing for music. Um, I've written and released three albums on my own. I've been in bands, you know, pretty much most of my adult life. Uh, so a lot of, I, I guess, really my writing style or um, my chops, so to speak, come from that side of things when it comes to writing. But I did take some writing classes in college, some journalism classes in college. Um, I did score some of the highest scores that you can for writing on our Regents test here in Georgia. By the way, I'm in Atlanta, Georgia. Mm -hmm. um, so I have a little bit of a background and understanding of what it takes to be able to write and write well. Um, to be a journalist, but I don't have any formal training. Uh, really, my first formal piece was when I got into the cannabis industry a couple of years ago. Uh, and that was for, if I'm not mistaken, Beard Brothers. That was the very first piece. Okay. Okay. So before we delve any further into that, I forgot, I must ask your name and introduce the magazine you're with. Please. Yeah, absolutely. My name's Dustin Hawksworth. I am the creator, founder, uh, editor-at-large of Fat Nugs Magazine. Uh, we are known as a global perspective of cannabis and stoner culture as a bridge to the rest of the world. And what we focus on is really uplifting the plant into its rightful place into society through positive messaging, uh, excellent journalism, authentic stories, and badass art. That's what we do. And we really do dive in and focus on uplifting um, and supporting small mom and pop equity legacy veteran uh, and women owned cannabis businesses and voices. Okay. So how did you really get into the cannabis journalism initially and what inspired the start of fat nugs? So all of it was sort of a joke. Um, it started out as something I was kind of playing around with while being stoned on my couch and I, since I've always, I'm always looking for a kind of a creative dump, I guess, mm. um, you know, sitting around with my phone and, and just started creating the magazine and started creating covers for the magazine until I was happy with what I saw. And the very first cover that I released, it was just a cover. It wasn't, there wasn't a full magazine or publication. There were no articles connected to it even though there were headlines on the front of it. It was mm -hmm. me just having fun and me kind of creating things to be able to talk to the industry and speak to my network and my connections in a greater way. Uh, you know, putting something that's very visually um, stunning or capturing on a place like LinkedIn that is very black and white, text heavy, it makes people stop for a second. And right at that point, you'll start to look at some of the headlines 
and those are the conversations that I wanted to have with people. So really this thing started out as me being stoned on my couch and wanted to talk to the, the cannabis industry and just have some fun. And that's really where the, the magazine came from. Um, as far as, you know, the, the, the journalism side, um, you know, it, it was just kind of by accident, so to speak, that I started to write in this space. I was asked to, after I had a couple of conversations with some really cool people, um, they thought I would probably have some cool stuff to say. And they, they realized that my background, me having a very, very large military family background who consume cannabis on a daily basis for their health, for their mental health reasons when they came back from Vietnam. Uh, plus, I grew up with an indigenous stepfather for nine years who was a daily consumer. And let's just say I saw some plants around the house. Mm -hmm. um, mix that with you know, my way of putting myself through college was I ran pounds from Atlanta, Georgia, down to Georgia Southern University for years in the 90s. So when a few people found out my background, um, and I didn't even mention my corporate background where I spent 14 years in sort of corporate hell, um, they realized that I probably have some things to say. And they gave me a chance and that's how it happened. So it was sort of by accident, just through some conversations, the journalism piece. And then the magazine itself was, was kind of just for fun jokes and, and talking to the cannabis industry itself. Nice. I like how that started out for fun. That really is kind of how I got into graphic design and writing as well. When I first started writing, at this point, it's been like about a decade, but I used to go back and forth with my friends. We'd start writing little parts and pieces of stories, email them back and forth to each other, and kind of just build the story off of that. And after a while, once I discovered Canva, once that started coming out, um, I just wanted to make like these little magazine. I, I made it look like realistic articles. I was sending them to people um, and like they thought it was real stuff. But, <laughs> uh, no, it was just something I had like made in like in my bedroom, like in like a couple hours or whatever. And I like when people were telling me maybe you should try doing something with graphic design. Like after I graduated, I realized I wasn't doing any type of creative content at all. So I started getting back into that now with the podcast. And I really like just being able to do all the graphic design work for it. It's uh, strenuous at times, definitely, but it's def it's super duper rewarding just being able to um, make these different, learn these different techniques from different things I'm seeing on LinkedIn, like your work, oh, yeah. um, other people on Instagram, getting that inspiration and just seeing how I can make myself look a little bit more professional, you know? <laughs> Fair enough. And, and uh, we use Canva over here as well. I, I love Canva. It's one of the easiest and uh, I guess most user-friendly platforms um, or tech or whatever you want to call it um, that I've ever used. And the team is able to do a lot of stuff in Canva that I never thought possible. And they keep upgrading it. Uh, so there's just more and more better things that you can do in there. So, you know, when it comes to um, that accidental thing that you mentioned, you know, those are sometimes the best ways to get into something and, and to learn something and to build something new or to create something. And that's what this magazine is. You know, Fat Nugs Magazine is really, we're not a business um, per se. We're a bunch of creators that just get together and do this thing. 
we don't make any money here. Like there are no guaranteed paychecks there. None of that actually exists. There's no real, there's no corporate structure. Mm. Um, it's, it, it's literally, we've been building a team here. Um, sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's bad. None of us are perfect, but we're getting to the point that we're building a team here that when you take a look at us, you're not sure who's in charge. And so I think, you know, having creators that come together just to do something is sort of the best way that anything could be created because it's just a natural thing. It's fun. It's, um, it has its own life and energy that everyone brings to it. It's a full collaboration. It, that is, you know, what real creation is. So when you say, you know, sort of that accidental thing of falling into it, or, you know, I was kind of making an article to make it look real. No, what you did was actually make a real article. Um, you made it look real because it was real. It was something you created, even if it was by accident or whatever. So again, I think some of the best things ever made in this world are done kind of on a happy accident. Definitely. So you said you've got a team that you've been building up. How big is the Fat Nugs team? Oh, goodness. We've been up to, I think, eight or nine. I think we're down to about five right now. Um, five internal or so, maybe six internal. And it fluctuates because we don't work on contracts. We don't have any structure here. Everything is it, it's seriously... Um, the team just comes together to build these publications, um, to write articles, to create fantastic art, to do interviews, all of those things. We just all kind of work together in a weird structure. And again, it doesn't always work. I mean, we've, we've had people here that absolutely hate what we're doing and how we do it. Um, it, it but it's just our way at this point. Um, so six or so, I think, as we have, we have right now, we do have uh, a data partner that is also here. Mm. Um, and, and even though I say it's not really a business, we've turned this thing into over the past 18, 19 months into an actual business that does sell publications that, um, you know, is building a client, uh, a client list of advertisers and all of that stuff. And we're able to do things that really no one else can do. So that happy accident has now turned into um, a publication and hopefully a viable business at some point. Nice. Okay. So 18, 19 months, that's not really a lot of time. I and mean, you guys have already made great strides already. Just seeing what you've been doing on LinkedIn, the fact that you guys are planning these trips to like do more coverage of these unique that you're giving us unique takes on different things in the cannabis industry, not just the same thing we hear over and over again. Like, what are the 50 different ways to um, say weed or something like that? <laughs> yeah. And, and you know why that is? Uh, you know, we're able to, to bring things to the industry that not many other people can or are willing to because the way that we operate. Everyone knows that we don't have a budget. None of us make any money. We, we aren't able to pay anyone anything. So what that means is if you're here, you're here because you love this plant, you're passionate about it, you want to talk about it, you want to tell your story, you want to tell someone else's story, and it's authentic journalism. It's real. It's connected to 
the community and the culture side of everything that we do around the plant. So people are here because they love to be here. So that means when they write, they're writing about the things that they love and that they are passionate about. So that's why we're able to bring the different perspectives. And because all of our writers are very different, black, white, Hispanic, Mexican, Indian, Asian, Canadian, the list goes on and on, LGBTQ+, whatever you want to call it, it's, it, I mean, it's inclusion and, and, and super diverse over here when it comes to our writers and our contributors. And that's extremely important. And that's also a way that we're able to bring different perspectives and, and different things that not a lot of other publications seem to be focused on. That doesn't make us any better, doesn't make us any worse, and it doesn't make any what anyone else is doing invalid. It's just our way, and that's what we focus on. I got you. So you've got this um, very inclusive, diverse set of people on on set to do these different types of articles and takes on different cannabis industry topics. So can you give us yep. a little bit more of an idea of the type of cannabis coverage that is included over at Fat Nugs Magazine? Sure, and it's extremely wide-ranging from – you know, us going to expos and shows and, and telling the our readers what that was like to us going and being a part of or actually being a major sponsor of uh, a hemp fest and, 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 you know, interviewing bands and talking to, um, you know, goers and just anything and everything that you can think of when it comes to cannabis. And that also includes the science side of things. We do science and education very well over here. The difference being is that we do things with a very personal touch. So you might get science and education from us, but also in that article or in that story, you're going to hear something that you can connect with on a personal level. So as soon as you talking start talking about like your, your two or three-year-old child at home takes a broad-spectrum product at night to control seizures, or your 89-year-old grandmother is in her rocking chair smoking a fat blunt because of her rheumatoid arthritis, that's when you start to really connect with people. Mm -hmm. And that global perspective of cannabis and stoner culture as a bridge to the rest of the world, which is what Fat Nugs is, that's where we excel, is being able to not only talk to people like you and I, who love weed, who understand cannabis, who support the plant, who uplift this plant and believe in it, who've been around it, but we're able to speak to the people that don't understand cannabis, that aren't a part of this culture, community, or industry. And we do that, again, through a lot of personal things, giving backgrounds and stories of people and their brands and why they're here, why they're connected to the plant. A lot of it is very passionate-based, very love-based, usually very positive and uplifting. So those are the types of things that we like to cover here and, and that we like to push out into the industry. I think it's extremely important to have news. We don't do a lot of news. We do some, mm -hmm. but there are amazing people already doing that type of stuff. Beard brothers being one of them, you know, so we want to make sure that we're filling in gaps that really connect with readers on a personal level because when you see something fat nugs, you want to know that I can click on that. I know it's authentic. It's not pay to play. Someone who loves this plant and loves what they're writing about wrote this for me. 
So that's how we approach this industry. And those are the types of things that we write about here. Gotcha. Okay. So next up, let's talk about some of the beautiful cover art. So who comes up with the designs for each of you? <laughs> so that's a, a great question and probably one of my favorite ones because all of us do. Uh, the, the team here, um, even people who are no longer here, have contributed to actually building the covers. When I first started doing this, I was responsible for all the art, mm -hmm. all of it myself. Um, there was no one else helping me with it. I can even remember uh, I would I would work on it for a few hours and I would send it over to um, who my editor in chief was at the time and just say, hey, what do you think about this? And so I was building that thing from scratch hours a day, every single day. And then as we continued to grow, I was able to really get some excellent artists in here to help me. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm, I, I guess I consider myself an artist. I do some painting. Um, like I said, I'm uh, you know, a musician and, and written and released three albums on my own. So there's things that I do um, and, and do well. But I know that I am not a graphic designer. I know that I am not the best artist in the world um, and I need help. So as soon as I realized that, which was probably like one or two edition, I think it was about the third edition. in. I was like, yeah, it's time to find some really cool people to, to help me with this. If, if that would be possible. And I went out and found Rebecca Jenks. Um, and we have a couple other people that are also here in the art department. So we actually have three people in the art department out of the five or six people that we have. So that's how important the art is here. Gotcha. Okay. So what have been some of your most favorite cannabis topics to cover or cannabis people to talk to? Oh, cannabis topics to cover. You know, some of my personal favorites are um, really getting stories of why people are in the industry and why they started their brand. Because again, a lot of it has to do with the medical side of things where a family member has, you know, a, a, a terrible time with something health wise. And they found through some miracle, basically, that cannabis can help them, whether it be with their pain. And I just got off a call with this dude who I, it sort of blew me away. Um, he was telling me about his, his son telling me about the pain that he goes through every day where it's always at an eight, no matter what he, he can barely move. It's, I forgot the name of the disease, but it's afflicted him since he was eight years old. He's now like 26 or 27 years old. And the reason he got into cannabis is because he was a part of his church at one point. He was also a CEO. One of his employees was following his story online and brought him a bag of weed and old. And it, so when he said that, I was like, oh, that's, that's kind of daring of one of your uh, employees right. knowing that, that you're in church, you know, you're a churchgoer, you're probably a little anti-cannabis uh, or whatever. But he was in such a place with his son where he would pretty much do anything. He took that weed, convinced his 16, then 16-year-old 16 son to, to smoke it, and it dropped his, his threshold from an eight to a two. And he was able to join in the family stuff for four hours that day. And those types of stories, I swear to God, I, I can listen to them all day long. And I would rather have those conversations with people 
than anything else in this industry because it is so uplifting and connects to me and what I've gone through with my family and friends and this plant and all of that, that those are the stories that I really love and I love to share and love people to be able to read and connect with. Because again, all of us around this plant have a lot of things in common Um, and, and we want to connect with the things that we're reading. So making those personal stories into something that is um, readable, um, it, you know, it, it follows a linear thing that you can pay attention to and get into as the reader. Those types of things I think are very compelling. Um, but overall, I'm. It's about entertainment, right? We want to not only, you know, educate our readers. Um, and, and show them new things and, and give them cool art to look at. But, you know, it's important that we have the ability to really connect on a very personal level in ways that can make a difference in everybody's lives when it comes to this plant. It doesn't always have to be so serious, but we want to have fun educating and entertaining in a way that screams cannabis, its culture in the community. And I think we do that pretty well. And we we're kind of just now getting started. Um, you said 18, 19 months, or I said 18, 19 months. And it, that's, we're only what, maybe five or six actual print editions. in. we have, I think 12 or 13 total editions. So we're brand new over here. So all of this stuff will continue to morph the way that we, um, share stories, um, what we share, the types of things that we share and why that will continue to change and, and, and morph. But I think overall, always what I will love the most about this plant and connecting to people who are that, that consume it and are around it and grow it. It's all about that personal touch and it's all about knowing their why. Uh, there's nothing else that is more intriguing to me than have hearing those stories. You know, the conversations that we have on cannabis have changed basically night and day from like a decade ago. And it's because of people who are willing to share how much it's impacted them, not in just like a fun way, but just in a medicinal way, the benefits that it's had on either them or their family, the breakthroughs that they've had with finally being able to move around and not feel like their body's constantly breaking on them or being able to finally eat if they're having issues with their weight or um, being able to like actually talk to people if they're having issues with their anxiety, just these different things that you wouldn't think of. We always think of taking some type of pharmaceutical for, but a lot of people who are just um, turned away from that option don't really know that there's a, a whole world of different things out there for them to have access to. And it's just a matter of having that conversation on how it affected them, harm reduction techniques. So it's not just kind of like I'm going for the highest THC level and like, I don't care what it smokes like, as long as it's got a cool name and a high THC, like, you know, start low, go slow, what to look for, depending on just what terpenes might work for you once you have that information. And it's just like, 
outlets like us are giving that to people and it just needs to continue with more people doing that. So on that note, how does somebody even really get into cannabis journalism and how would they go about making an impact in it? Oh, goodness. Let me um, let me bookend your last statement real quick with all cannabis use is therapeutic, whether you or medical or whatever you want to call it, whether you realize it or not, you get the benefits, even if they're minute. And even if it's just you laughing or just you being able to relax a little bit, those are still medical benefits um, or therapeutic benefits, I should say. Um, so how does someone go about getting into cannabis journalism? Really, it's just about here. Let me, I'm not sure what it would take to, to do something somewhere else. So let me just speak about what I know. Um, other than being a, a cool person connected to good people, a, a, a nice caring person, um, I think that's probably the most important part first is because you got to be able to network with people in this space. But then actually, you know, knowing how to write, understanding SEO, all of that stuff is important. But here at Fat Nugs, the most important thing is to bring the love and passion first. I don't care how well you write. If it's boring for me to read or if it's stale or if I can go read it on Google, you know, in, in something just real quick, boring, no love and passion in there, no feeling, um, you know, that doesn't work. We need people to bring love and passion. We need folks to... Um, you know, be open here, share their stories, talk about where they've been and all of that stuff. That's how you get into cannabis journalism. It's practicing writing your story, practicing um, interviews. Um, and really, one of the easiest ways here is to just write a piece. And if you think it's good enough, send it to me or send it to one of my teammates. And we would be happy to take a look at it and give you some feedback. If it's good enough, guess what? We would love to be able to publish it. You know, being able to publish people's pieces, there's always been sort of this um, air around being able to pu get published, sort of this um, mythical thing of how to be a writer. Um, guess what? It's just like anything else. If you just do the work, you can be a writer. So the easiest thing is to just write a piece, send it to someone who can help you get it in front of the right person, send it to me directly. Um, and that's really what it takes. Now, obviously you have to know how to write. You have to understand uh, language and you have to understand punctuation and all of that stuff because we're not here to you know, sort of baby you along in that process. Like we need real writers and, and we have some of the best writers in this industry have been through this magazine and are still here. So it's, there's no guarantees here that you would ever be published and we never promise anything to anyone. But if your love and your passion comes through in your writing, we will absolutely love to have you here and you can call yourself that cannabis journal that, that that cannabis journalist, and that's as far as I know probably the easiest way to do it. Just put in the work. 
one of the things you got to pay attention to a, a lot these days as a writer is SEO. Um, SEO isn't hard, but it's one of those things that you need to be able to pay attention to. So really that's those things that I mentioned, plus your SEO, there's your cannabis journalist. Um, it doesn't matter if you've ever been published or not. It doesn't matter if you've ever written anything for anyone at all. If you can write and it's your very first thing you've ever written and it's badass, you're a cannabis journalist if you can get it published. And there are places like Fat Nugs Magazine that want to have those personal stories, those uplifting personal, you know, community stories. That's what we do best. So um, when it comes to anybody else, again, it's probably you need to be able to connect and network with folks. Um, otherwise, I don't really know. All right. So how does Fat Nugs plan to broaden the discussion on cannabis in our daily lives? Oh, goodness. Um, I think timely, relevant content is important. I think being able to uh, relate with current things that are going on and have that relate related to cannabis, um, being able to share that. I think being able to broaden the story is, is what we do best because again, being able to reach more people, being able to reach people outside of the plant community, culture, and industry, you know, that's broadening the reach, right? That's broadening the, the spread or the, that's spreading the plant that's uplifting the plant into its rightful place in the society. And that's what our ethos is here. So I think as long as we just continue to do what we've been doing, sharing those important stories. Um, that's pretty much all we have to do. And it's, that's how we connect with both readers inside the community culture and industry and outside. And, you know, I have conversations on a weekly basis with, with hundreds of individuals, both inside and outside of this industry. And some of them are sort of blown away by the things that we write about. Um, when, especially when it comes to people outside of, of this community, culture, and industry. Um, but all of them are curious about the plant because a lot of them grew up with it, especially our older generation. You know, I talk to 70-year-olds these days who they consumed when they were young and then stopped, you know, while they were becoming boomers, right? So... Um, it's interesting to have conversations with them because they are so curious about every little thing about a product. Like what could this do for me? And what is this going to taste like? And it, it's, it's sort of a fascinating place to be um, having these conversations. So again, and I know I kind of went off on a, a tangent there, but it's the being able to have a more, uh, a, a, broad conversation with more people about the plant is what we do best here. So I think as long as we continue to do what we're doing, what we've been doing, um, that's the best way forward for us to help spread the plant uh, in the most positive light. Okay. And we've got some fun questions coming up, but one last thing before we get to those, how do you personally think that cannabis journalism is shaping and changing the narrative surrounding cannabis reform? Ooh, wow sort of a loaded question. Um, I can answer this in a few different ways, but really I think being able as a journalist who has been threatened by lawsuits and, and things already, or a, a federal lawsuit, I should say, um, I think we're able to really help communicate or 
let me back up. If you are an independent cannabis publication or media company, because independent, you can say what you want, do what you want, release what you want, publish what you want, all of that stuff without someone controlling you with dollars that has interest in dollars. And you need to be able to have an independent voice to properly push narratives that are authentic, that aren't just steeped in money BS. So I think being able to shape the narrative around cannabis in any situation, whether it be politically or uh, socially or, or whatever, it's really all, all about um, bringing the authentic conversation so that no one is able to pull, pull the wool over people's eyes. No one is able to get away with blatant lies. We did this not too long ago in the state of Oregon, mm. where there were a group of very active um, people on the ground in Oregon pushing back against some just ridiculous regulations around remediation and or aspergillus, I should say. And we were able to help bring to light some things that people may not have known. And so being able to do that in situations helps to really form a better, or I guess um, help create a better um, place for cannabis to stand within those halls, right? Within um, the, 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 the lawyers places within the uh, cannabis uh, regulations and regulators and lawmakers and all of that kind of stuff. I think being able to be authentic in this space, independent, not have your voice controlled so that you can actually tell the real story. That's how cannabis journalism should be helping to shape things going forward. Are you looking for some new goodies to spice up your stash? How about some expertly made and lab-tested baked goods and other innovative infused products that have been made from scratch with plenty of love? And hemp, too. Well, how about you check out Smoke to Smoke's affiliate, Snapdragon Hemp. Based out of Chattanooga, Tennessee, Snapdragon aims to bring an exceptional variety of infused products right to your door. They've got some delicious classic standards like cereal treats, cookies, brownies, and chocolates, but they've also got some hemp-derived Delta 9 slushies and peanut butter, Delta 8 infused honey, and even THCO maple syrup. Where else do you know makes fantastic eccentric goodies like this that taste so good? Nowhere but Snapdragon Hemp. And be sure to check out their site, snapdragonhemp.com. And to save a little bit of cash off on me, use code SMOKE2SMOKE at checkout. That's S-M-O-K-E, the number two, S-M-O-K-E at checkout. Enjoy! question you want to ask or want to submit an idea for a future show email me at smoke to smoke 420 at gmail.com or send me a voice message on the podcast website 
please be sure to give us a review and share this show at your next smoke sesh. The podcast email will be included in the show notes. Also, did you know that after a long time coming, Smoke to Smoke finally has a newsletter? That's right, the new best way to stay connected with the show as things ramp up is through the newsletter. With the increased amount of censorship and privilege removal from Instagram, the chance of getting deleted seems extra high. So, if you hadn't had the chance, head over to smoketosmokepodcast.com, click on the High Maintenance Newsletter tab, and fill out a few quick details to sign up. When you join, you'll get exclusive access to special giveaways sponsored by Caligars and the affiliates of the show, find out when new products release on the affiliates and sponsors website, and even better, if you live in Colorado and you have an interest in mycology, you can sign up for the Myco Enthusiast section to gain access to promotions, discounts, and giveaways hosted by myself and the show's partner Mycelia Unlimited on genetics and grow kits for educational and research purposes. Don't forget, for the latest updates when the show airs, sneak peeks into my Canada adventures, and for educational cannabis and mycology content, you can check out Smoke to Smoke's main and backup pages, Smoke to Smoke underscore podcast, and Smoke to Smoke underscore productions on Instagram. Again, the podcast is still currently pretty hardcore shadow banned on Instagram, so the best way to help this show continue to grow is by word of mouth. Share the show with your friends and Canna family and let them know that they can now enjoy the show too wherever they stream on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And don't forget to follow the show wherever you're streaming right now so that you're the first to know when a new episode drops. Thank you for tuning in this week. Before we get back into today's episode, we gotta pause and have another mini celebration slash smoke break. First off, now we're even closer to episode 100 with today's 99th episode, which is nuts. We've met some phenomenal folks, tried some fantastic products, and delved deep into the world of mycology, cannabis, and hemp. To rev up for the 100th episode of Smoke to Smoke that conveniently lines up with the week before our spectacular in-person live show at Jad's Mile High Smoke this Halloween, We'll be doing all types of festive and spooky things to celebrate from lives to pop-ups, reviews of products and social media showcases from the show's sponsors, Snapdragon and Caligars, and even a special 100th episode giveaway sponsored by Snapdragon Hip. In order for your chance to win a very special beefed up care package from Snapdragon totaled in over $75 cash value, all you have to do is head on over to snapdragonhemp.com and use code SMOKE2SMOKE. That's S-M-O-K-E, the number 2, S-M-O-K-E. Every $25 you spend using the code will get you 5 entries towards a fantastic selection of products from the company, including flour, edibles, and tinctures. After you make your purchase, all you have to do is DM a screenshot showing proof of your purchase to smoke to smoke underscore podcast on Instagram or email the picture to smoke to smoke 420 at gmo.com with the subject line reading 100th episode giveaway entry. The giveaway will officially end the week of our 100th episode with the winner being announced the following Wednesday, the 25th via Instagram. 
For today's smoke break, to keep on theme with today's guest, I'll actually be reviewing some fat nugs that I was sent from Snapdragon Hemp uh, for last month's bonus episode of product reviews that didn't get to happen due to some scheduling issues. Today, I've got the pleasure of talking about one of Snapdragon's latest strains of THCA to drop, Sunset Sherbert Number 2. So if you're ready, let's light up and dig in. Sunset Sherbert Number 2 is an uplifting sativa-dominant-leaning cross of Girl Scout cookies and pink panties. The aroma from the buds are delicious and sweet, boasting a bright citrus essence along with a rich earthy nuttiness and a subtle floral note with a hint of honey. After a brief session with the strain, I noticed an almost immediate boost of stimulating energy followed by an ebbing wave of relaxation that made me highly euphoric and a tad bit more chatty and social. Not long after that, the indica effects started to creep in but not in an overwhelming sense. It begins as a pleasant pressure around the eyes, slowly moving down into the body, completely relaxing and wrapping all the muscles in a heavy blanket of bliss, potentially leaving the user couch-locked for a little bit or sometimes a long time depending on your tolerance. This strain, overall, provides a powerful body high that will last for hours. With these effects, I found Sunset Sherbert to actually be a great strain to consume when having issues stimulating creativity and getting into art projects as it will definitely get you motivated to create or at least dare to dream outside the walls of your imagination. Sunset Sherbert number 2 has dense large nugs that are light green with some orangey brown hues bright amber pistols, and silver glowing trichomes coated with sticky resin. The dominant terpenes in Sunset Sherbert number 2 are caryophylline followed by limonene and humulene. Overall, if you're looking for an all-day strain to get loose and tingly before a small meetup with buddies or just to keep you in a nice little cool and calm collected headspace and get the good vibes rolling all day, I would highly recommend Sunset Sherbert number 2 as a strain that you would need to add to your collection. You can pick up a superb eighth of Snapdragon's Sun Sunset Sherbert number 2 from their website, snapdragonhemp.com, and use the code SMOKE2SMOKE to save 15% when you purchase from there. That's all I've got for this smoke break. Now, let's get back to the episode. Alright, so before I let you go, I've just got some lightning round quick answer questions just so the listeners can get to know a little bit more about you. Alrighty, <laughs> I'm scared. So don't, don't be scared, don't be scared, they're easy. <laughs> First off, what's your favorite strain? Oh, geez. Um, that's a that's a hard one because there's so many excellent ones. I really love a one-to-one. Harlequin is probably, you give me a good 17 CBD uh, THC Harlequin, I would probably love that all day long. But there is a, a grower, a couple of growers who I absolutely love that grow just some of the most amazing, um, what I call pure medicine, um, Black Apple uh, from a grower called Doc Ray. 
Um, he also has genetics, uh, a, a line called um, Blue Skunk, which is fantastic for PTSD for veterans. Okay. Um, he is specifically a veteran, so he, he grew that and has been, um, I guess, really honing in on uh, being able to make that really good for, you know, certain PTSD symptoms and things of that nature. So some of those, um, I would say those three are probably have been my uh, favorites over, we'll just say over the last couple of years. And, and of course, White Wedding from my boy Nick in Colorado. Um, and there's a few others in there. But I'll tell you what, if you're able to find me um, a Harlequin at 17 and 17, uh, a one-to-one there, I would probably love that all day long. All right. All right. So next up, what's your favorite dessert? <laughs> uh, I, ice cream. Any particular flavor or you just? Yeah. A salted chocolate caramel. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that one, I, um, there's this brand called, I believe it's called Talenti. They have like the best salted caramel. They've got that, a raspberry sorbet that I really like, but I haven't gotten them in a while just because the price from every state that I've lived in, yeah. each place I moved, it's just like a few dollars higher here. And <laughs> I, I can't, I can't get it anymore. <laughs> uh, yeah. Everything is more expensive these days, right? I mean, everything, even ice cream. That's kind of crazy. I've never seen a pint of ice cream for like eight, $9 before. Yeah. That's, that's um, pretty insane. You used to be able to get them for like two ninety nine. Yeah. Cause I remember like growing up, like Hagen dolls was like that shit right there. And that was expensive. <laughs> and that yeah. was maybe like four or $5. Yeah. And now it's like nothing. Like you could get that for maybe like, three and they don't like that's like kind of bottom shelf compared to all yeah. the new stuff they've got out that's like crazy no like vegan yep. ice cream or um avocado ice cream or different <laughs> stuff like that yep no doubt and i i stick with a i have a local uh, shop that i walk to here in my neighborhood called uh, the frosty caboose Ooh. so they make their own ice cream or actually it's a a company that's right down it's about a mile from me that makes the ice cream so everything is very very local so i try my best to support as much local business as i can even if it's just my ice cream nice i have not done too much venturing out here yet to the different local businesses like we've tried a few places out but we haven't like really gone to like dip our toe into colorado like we should that's more of like over the next few months to next year we're going to be trying to get our um sites in and try a few more local places but right now um kind of been just like supporting the main brands unfortunately but yep. I like I've been hearing about some um, good little local shops like coffee shops and ice cream parlors here. So oh, yeah, that. Oh, yeah. You're going to have some excellent stuff in Colorado for sure. And I've heard there's like an insane amount of like breweries and locally crafted oh, yeah. beer here. So interesting there, too. Are you are you in Denver? Uh, no, we're in uh, the Springs. Oh, OK. Colorado Springs. Got gotcha. you. Um, they just went medical, didn't they? Not just, but um, it's med only here. Yeah. Okay. That's what it is. Med only. I think everybody um, that was Colorado Springs is a little different than just about everybody else. Yeah. Everywhere else is like there's rec dispensaries, but just here there's med only. And they, like, it's weird. Every dispensary will only recommend like the, like two different ones that are like maybe 
20, 30 minutes out, but I know there's like a few other towns close by that have dispensaries too. So I just, I wonder why it's just those two. I don't know why, but those I guess are the closest rec dispensaries we have. There you go. That's what happens right across the line. Yeah. I mean like there, I haven't actually been into those shops just because I have my med card, but um, my husband's been in and he was a little bit, I, I wish I had been able to go in with him. Um, he was like, a, he was confused on his own. And he said, that like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he really got the full experience getting to actually like smell the strains, um, pick their brains and stuff. Cause he's, he's still learning about all that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, <clears throat> and depending on where you are, and I guess in Colorado, you are actually able to uh, look at and smell uh, uh, your, your, the product. I know oh, yeah. that in, so I go to Colorado. Well, I, I used to go quite a bit, um, but I, one of my favorite towns in the entire world is called Ure, and it's in Colorado. It's about an hour and a half north, I believe, from Durango. Okay. Um, and they do not allow uh, any cannabis dispensaries or, or businesses within their town limits. But right across the border is Ridgeway. And Ridgeway has this little, last time I was there, I don't know if it's still there or not, a little local shop, local grower, small. Um, and, and when I walked into the shop, I absolutely loved it because they had all their varieties in, you know, big glass containers. They would open it up, let you smell it, look at it. I was like, this is fucking dope. This is exactly how it should be. You know, at least in my view, um, I, I think being able to have sort of that deli style or at least the ability to see your buds before you, before you purchase is, is, um, a good thing. And we don't have that everywhere in the U S which is kind of weird. No, like in Arkansas, a lot of the places were prepackaged. Like the one place that was deli style. When I first went in there, I was like, Oh, this, this kind of shady. Like I'm not used to this. But, <laughs> um, got out here and basically everywhere is deli style. Very like far and few, like they have prepackaged, but most of their stuff is like, like there's also like everybody has their own little grove that they work with. So there's unique strains everywhere you go instead of like Arkansas. I think there was maybe two main grow processors. So a lot of different dispensers you go to, you're getting the same smoke, just a different quality of it. Yep. Well, I think, um, Colorado, I believe has it, you know, much better than, than most other States. And they have for a while. I mean, they've been doing this longer than anybody else for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, except, you know, California, but, um, you know, I, I, deli style, I think is just makes sense. You want to smell and, and see your bud and, and buying something in a, in a jar or a bag, uh, to me without actually being able to see it or smell it first sucks, but hopefully you can eventually find some brands that have quality and you can trust them and you don't have to always do that. So, and there's some of those brands out there. Um, they're very, very small brands. Um, but yeah, I think Deli style is a way to go. All right. So next up, what's your favorite meal to cook? Oh shit. I cook a lot. Um, I make pizza from scratch. So my dough is from Italy. Uh, as well as um, my tomatoes, my my Samrazan tomatoes. I make everything from scratch. So my dough, my sauce. The only thing I don't make is the cheese, right? I can't make physical cheese. Um, but sure, though. yeah, um, <laughs> it's so that's something I love to do. I I think during the pandemic, 
Um, I got into baking more and making things from scratch slowly so that I could just uh, sort of bide my time, so to speak, but learn something new, do something interesting and make something that tasted really good. So I make a lot of sauces from scratch, whether it be a pasta sauce or a pizza sauce. And then I like to make my, my own doughs and stuff as well. So there you go. Ooh, nice, nice. Uh, I used to make this dish with my mom. I believe it was called a focaccia bread. It was oh, like, yeah. I, I love making those. There's uh, a good focaccia bread is is fantastic, and you can do a lot with it. You can you can put all kinds of stuff in a focaccia. Oh, yeah. Olives, um, like some herbs, like thyme. Tomato, yep, tomato, herbs. I mean, you can do all kinds of stuff. I mean, I've seen people put sausage. I mean, there's anything Ooh. and everything that you can uh, think of anything that you can put on a pizza or in a calzone, you can you can bake into a focaccia bread. Basically, yeah. So next up, what are your top three favorite ways to smoke? Uh, back in the day, I used to smoke about eight blunts a day, um, but I've had to <laughs> stop because I'm old now. Um, a joint is my favorite. It's just easy. It's my go-to. Um, I always love to rip a bong when I can. And then uh, any, I think the rest of it is kind of more for convenience. I'll, I'll carry around my dugout or a small bowl or something along those lines. I'm not a big dabber. I don't use a bunch of concentrates unless I'm uh, infusing my joints. Okay. So, um, yeah, flour joints, probably number one. Okay. And what is a type of concentrate that you typically go to when you're infusing your joints? Oh goodness. Uh, it's honestly, it's whatever I have on hand and what my friends have probably sent me. <laughs> uh, but a lot of it is live rosin these days. Okay. Okay. I was just a little bit curious cause I've never really, I don't believe I've infused a joint myself. Yeah. So it's uh, a, a few different ways, but I think the easiest way is to just wrap your joint in it. Just, you know, take a little anything and, and wipe the, the, your, your, your resin, your rosin, whatever you, your, whatever that your, your oil that you're using can go on the outside of your joint. And then on top of that, you can roll it in keef. So, uh, which is something I, I do quite a bit of here as well. I also roll a lot of joints, um, just using keef. And you know who I learned that from? Well, I, I wouldn't say learned it from, but who I, um, sort of realized, uh, probably is making me smoke that more was Montel Williams. Montel oh. and I got together, I don't know, it was probably a year ago at this point. Oh, wow. And we had a conversation of, of you know, about cannabis and he had me on his show and, um, you know, we just got to talking about what he smokes on and, and uh, he smokes basically it's Keef. That's what he's smoking and that's what he calls his medicine. Um, I don't know if he does that all the time, but I think he said or mentioned that um, most of what he smokes is just Keef. So I do that now because it is kind of, if you think about it, it is pure medicine. Mm -hmm. So uh, yeah, there you go. Okay. I don't go and buy Keef, but usually if I get a good little collection of it built up, I do actually like to roll my joints in that. So I guess that does kind of count as an infused joint. Yeah, but a little bit. 
I was mostly doing that around Christmas, though, because I was taking the blunt glue that I was getting from the sponsors and just making little designs, like um, like little ribbons around the joint mm-hmm. and then rolling it in the keef and making these little like Christmas decorations with them. <laughs> right on. That's cool. It's not, that's that You're infusing a joint, so to speak. So, yeah. Aha. All right. I'll get the point for that. So that works. There you go. So, next up, if you could instantly become an expert at something, what would it be and why? Oh, Jesus. Um, I don't have any clue how to answer that. An expert at something. How about, oh goodness. Um, how about an expert at just making myself happy? That would be dope. Ah, I'm right there with you. I need to attain that knowledge. Right? I mean, life is kind of hard sometimes. And I know that I've struggled throughout my life with anxiety and depression. And, you know, cannabis is one of the things that's helped me. So, you know, working through ways to become an expert in making sure that my happiness is in the the forefront of my mind. um, It's kind of a silly answer, but I think um, it's sort of important to understand you know, what best makes one happy. Um, so let me be an expert on making happy a thing. Okay. That's not a dumb answer. I like that. I like <laughs> So finally from my questions, can you tell the listeners at home how to find Fat Nugs Magazine online and follow y'all on all your socials and how to even get a Fat Nugs Magazine sent to them? Yeah, that's that's the easy part. Just go to fatnugsmag.com, buy you click on buy the magazine, click on subscribe to the magazine. Um the individual orders are 15 bucks, the subscription is 7 bucks. Um we are pretty much on Instagram and LinkedIn exclusively. Um and that is let's see Instagram is fat_mag_underscore I'm sorry, uh fat_nug_mag. And LinkedIn is just Fat Nugs Magazine. So, yeah, that's how you can find us. Um, we produce maybe two or three or publish two or three articles every single week. So we are pretty constant when it comes to uh, a social presence. So Instagram and LinkedIn would probably be the best ways to kind of connect with us there. And then if you really want to uh, get a magazine yourself or if you're a dispensary or a shop of some sort. Uh, we also do bulk and uh, or wholesale, um, and those are super cheap. It's they end up being about three dollars and seventy five cents per magazine when you buy forty at a time. So there's all kinds of ways to get your hands on the publication and to connect with us. All right. Well, it's been such a pleasure having you on the show today. I had such a great chat with you. And of course, anytime you got something coming up in the future, if you want to stop by and let us know about it, we'll definitely get it out to the people. And just thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. I really appreciate you having me. Of course. You have a great day. I'll see you around. Absolutely. Miss Cadabra, over here at Smoke to Smoke, it fills me with such joy and excitement to bring you product reviews and interviews with amazing guests each week. And now, the show has a sponsor that's equally as excited to bring you more great content in 2023. Stand back and make way for Caligars. 
Caligars is an up-and-coming heavy hitter in the cannabis industry. We're talking about Blunt and Joint Rollers Central over here as these guys have Blunt and Keith glue in a wide variety of different flavors. Joint Rollers, Canagar Packing Kits, Glass Tips and Wood Tips, Cones and Cannons, Blunt Wraps, and so much more. If you want to up your rolling game, head on over to Caligars.com. And don't forget to use the code CADABRA, that's C-A-D-A-B-R-A, to save yourself 10% off your future purchases. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Smoke to Smoke. I hope y'all enjoyed it. As a matter of fact, if you did, please be sure to review the show wherever you stream, and don't forget to sign up to get copies of Fat Nugs sent right to your door. Everything will be linked in the show notes for you to check out. That's all I've got for this week. To all my listeners near and far, no matter where you are, remember to smoke responsibly, and I'll see you next Tuesday.